This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. CHUM AM Toronto is TSN 1050, an iHeart Radio station. The Leafs live here. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. I mean, it kind of feels like the calm before the storm, doesn't it? You got incredible games. Oh. Oh, that sounded bad. I really need to clear my voice if I'm going to do a big dramatic opening. But it does feel like you got two great games on Saturday, two great games on Sunday, with a bunch of the spreads being under seven points. That's nice to see. Because often the second round of the playoffs is when the blowouts start to happen. When the Giants have to go from Minnesota to Philly. When Dallas has to go from Tampa to San Fran. When the Jags have to go from the Chargers to Kansas City. But it is four great games. Also, it feels like the calm before the storm after the Raptors losing last night a tough one to Minnesota. And with every loss like this, the storm is what sort of trades will we see? And and this is not about Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr., he's a good player. And I, I think he can be valuable on the Raptors. He can be valuable on a winning team. But that's not that really moves the needle. This is, does anyone else get moved? The Raptors lose to the Bucks without Giannis and Brooke Lopez, or uh, no, without Giannis and without Chris Middleton. They lose to Minnesota without Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And they, again, lose last night 128-126 because they couldn't score in the fourth quarter. Then you have the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the calm before the storm is Matthews had one goal last night, and or excuse me, two goals last night. He had two goals in over just over three minutes, and then everyone started noting that it was around the same time last year where you know he got thirty-five goals in his last thirty-seven games. He could have had three or four last night if not for Connor Hellebuck. And um, I haven't seen the odds yet, there, producer Chris, but I wonder. Is this the time to pounce on Matthews to score two or more tomorrow night against Montreal? I would say you, you got to get on it pretty early, right? Because once he gets on a bit of a roll like he is now, it'll be reflected in the odds, and you're yeah. not going to get great prices, right? So I think you do have to be kind of preemptive with it. Yeah, and so it feels like if you're going to do it, now is the time, the moment you can get out there. So we are in this calm before the storm. Before we get into my opening thought, let's, um, let's get off sports for just a second. Um, it was a big debate yesterday on Overdrive. With uh, Kara Wagland and Brian Hayes, both, I believe, both of them just judging Jeff O'Neill. I'm here to support Jeff O'Neill and the fact uh, what he did, eating food that had fallen between the cracks of his car. Let's have a listen to that exchange from yesterday. I'm allowed on my diet a sandwich every day, and I get a lot of hot peppers on it, and I have a love affair for the hot pep, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. One of them, and I was low on the peppers, and I was low on bites, and I wanted to just put it on the, and it fell down the crease of my car into a dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's life forms down there, dude. There's like ashes. Are... There's all yeah. kinds of ingredients yeah. down the, the down the side of the chair. An old chicken. It's nugget. the most disgusting yeah. place on earth. 
So I did the tweezers and I went down <laughs> and I, I I got lucky and I came up with it. Was it the same color? Was it road? Dude, I like said road blue. I'm not going to judge you, and you're going right back on the sandwich. And it was oh, I took what? a risk. No, that was the right move by Jeff O'Neill. It's always important in life to you know introduce your body to um, germs, to things like that. As we know, Chris, have I ever had a sick day since you've known me? No, not that I can recall. Uh, That's because I haven't. I'm not. I'm not sure that I follow the same track as you here in this uh-huh. particular situation. But uh, I can certainly see what you're saying. The I people suppose. that overclean, over you know, disinfect themselves, um, they're the ones who are going to get sick more often. It's been proven. I have had two sick days since I started, not at this radio station, but at TSN, and that's in the late '90s. And both times was food related. Uh, one especially was popcorn shrimp too much consumed by me at Skydome. See, I think it's because of the amount of wine that you drink because mm. wine is notoriously healthy for you uh, despite the fact that I'm not inclined to drink it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, but I never get sick. I don't take sick days. I don't have them. So I, I once, uh, years ago, me and Gareth Wheeler were doing a show. I took a, an unwrapped granola bar, put it on the floor the dirty floor here, <laughs> yeah, like you know, especially and like uh, nothing against the janitorial staff. Everything gets clean, but you can get in that dip, that period where oh, they haven't been here in a little while. We put it down on the ground. Half an hour later, I ate it. Can I ask, just like really, I think what all of our listeners are thinking right now? Yeah. Why? It was a bet. Well, first off, why? Because it was two guys making a bet. Because men are dumb. You get men together. <laughs> we do stupid bets. It's what we do. It's in our DNA. You know, I think if you have more testosterone, if you have more testosterone than estrogen, you're probably slightly more inclined to do stupid bets like that. And he didn't think I would do it. I did. Um, I think if you go to various fast food restaurants and some of the food you eat there, it's going to be far less healthy and far worse for you than a pepper from one of O-Dog's sandwiches that got wedged in his car for just a short period of time. But it hasn't been on the floor. I think really that's the important context that you're missing there. I don't mind. Floor's fine. Floor's good. Floor <laughs> I'm, a five is second, good. I'm a five-second rule guy. As long as it's five seconds, I can get behind that. I'm a, I'm a five-minute guy. <laughs> I, I can't be. I, uh, you know, also, um, milk. I'll give it a smell if it's past no, the, expira- if it's past God, the no. expiration date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a line you cross, oh, yeah. and that is very much the line. <laughs> Let me tell Listen, as someone who will, who will go from ice cream to eggnog, I am not lactose intolerant. Shame on all you <laughs> lactose intolerant people. It's 2023. I thought we were done with intolerance. So me, I am lactose tolerant. All of its forms. See, I am also lactose intolerant, but I just, I just bypass Hater. it. I don't listen to my body, and oh. uh, I, I mean, my nickname is Cheese. Yeah. How ironic is that? What, what is the, what is the worst moments for Chris Horvat when he ignores his, uh, uh, when he ignores the warnings against lactose? Uh, yeah. Keep it friendly. He, Probably the probably the number twos. I mean, if okay. we're being honest, uh, it also gives you headaches. That's really? A, that's a very uh, understated oh. side effect of uh, okay. consuming lactose when you are lactose intolerant. Oh well, you are a hater. Um, <laughs> I am not. I am tolerant to all. Um, all right, let's get to it. It's kind of a, it's it's a football-y one sort of my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. 
I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! It is hard to be a sports fan. Now, we talk about how championship teams, the truly elite athletes, they share one thing in common. They're consistent. Well, I want to salute the consistent sports fans. To all of you who stick with your team through thick and thin... I was thinner the last time the Giants were any good. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here. Because consistency, we always talk about it all the time in sports. Oh, they just got to be more consistent. Well, only the truly greats or great teams are that. This entire season for the New York Giants, I've been down on the team. No matter how much winning they have done. If you've listened to this show, you know it. Week one, who did I take in the first up football survivor pool? I took the Titans to beat the Giants. I lost. The team started out 7-2. and two. They beat the Titans, the Packers, the Ravens, the Jags. Nope, not for me. All flukes. Fluky wins. Fluky season. Don't believe. They go 2-5-1. and one. I feel vindicated in their losing. But they still make the playoffs. Now I'm trapped in that mushy, emotional middle. I mean, I'm happy they made the playoffs. So many of the players on that team deserve this moment to experience glory. But I don't believe in them. Rather... Uh, I would rather have a high draft pick than a postseason berth. That was my mindset going into last weekend. And you know what? That is so damn sad. It is so wrong. We, 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 we become more general managers and we are fans of our team. And, and I get the reasons why and how good picks lead to great players. I get it all. But my mindset was wrong. Now, I I blame my apathy on horrible management, bad drafts, and a horrible record the last half decade. No one said, since Odell Beckham Jr. and the bunch of Giants, when they took that that photo on the boat in Miami before losing in the playoffs by 25 to Green Bay, since that photo was taken, no team going into this year had a worse record than the New York Giants. They won 22 games. They lost 59. Can you really blame me for not caring as much? I stopped watching every game. Yes, I'd always watch the highlights, but my interest waned. Then Daniel Jones and the Giants offense went nuts in that wild card win over Minnesota. And I know the Vikings are a bad defensive team, but the Giants had scoring drives of 75, 81, 85, 75, and 75. It's not what I'm used to seeing. And suddenly like that, I was 100% back in. I was sucked back in. Flip-flop, emotionally, hypocrite, jumping back on the bandwagon. Whatever you want to accuse me of, I am guilty. And suddenly there I was yelling at the TV screen when Darius Slayton dropped that critical third down pass or that bogus roughing the passer penalty called on the Giants' D. It had been ages since I was fully invested, emotionally all in. It was terrifying, scary. I was irritable. It was glorious. I got sucked back in. I let my heart get opened up. And it had been ages. And so my question to everyone listening, has this happened to you? Have you had that emotional flip-flop with your favorite team? (laughs) And I know, Leaf fans out there, you're yelling. You're screaming. You know what I'm talking about. I can't wait for this game against the Eagles. Even though they're a a 7.5-point underdog, according to FanDuel. 
Even though a month ago, I was more interested in mock drafts versus the Giants' improvement on the offensive line. Do you see how much better they are at tackle? Good for Andrew Thomas getting it together. Evan Neal, guy's going to be a stud. And again, yes, I'm a hypocrite. I'm emotionally all over the place. I'm flip-flopping like a 10-pound trout reeled into a metal dinghy. Did I say that last sentence because I wanted to use the word dinghy? Yes. I'm like so many sports fans, I can be inconsistent. So what I want to do is I want to salute the sports fans that never waver to all of you who still get excited about every Leafs game despite their playoff failures. You, t- you take all the joy in Austin Matthews' uh, first multi-goal game last night in ages or how great um, Samsonoff look, uh, looked last night. Take all that joy. You enjoyed what you saw without being too clouded by first-round failure. For those of you that can do that, I applaud you. Now, I got a friend in Australia. His name is Tom. He is the biggest Eagles fan I know. He's been a fan of that team since the early 1990s. He's got old jerseys of players who have retired decades ago. And not star players. I'm talking about offensive linemen. Mike Shad. Mike Mamula. Win or lose, he has always been the most dedicated fan to his team among my group of friends. And you know what I'm talking about with your group of friends. There is that one person that is always all in. And you're sometimes shocked, like, what? You're in your 40s. How are you still doing this? But he is. And we've made fun of him in the past for his obsessiveness, but I have to salute him. He never wavered, even when the team was 4-11-1 and and when Jalen Hurts was a rookie. Or that weird year when Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford started 14 games for them in 2015. They had a horrible season. By the way, I totally forgot as well that Sam Bradford was an eagle. He even started his own podcast. And yeah, yeah, I know, there's a million podcasts. By the way, have you checked out the Matt Talks Wine and Stuff with Interesting People podcast? I have the culinary director of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment on. Have a listen! But the cool thing is, he lives in Australia, so he is doing this for himself, for his friends, and to hopefully sway more people to get into football and to get into the Eagles. And he's not doing it to get rich, he's doing it because he loves his team. But to my buddy Tom and to all of you who never gave up on your squad, never took a vacation from them like I have, I want to commend you all. It can be hard being a sports fan. Often it's kind of a dysfunctional relationship where you give and give and give and they lose and tank and poorly draft and develop and they lose some more. And it can go on for years and years in a vicious, pathetic cycle and circle. But you're still there giving them your time and your money. So to all of you, this is my sincere adulation for all of you that have been that true fan no matter what. You are better than me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get ready for the Giants-Eagles game where I am rooting for my team to win no matter what. Unless they're down by 10 late in the second quarter, at which point I'll start looking at which wideout from the SEC could fall to the Giants. I pick number 25 while I'm debating if they really should give extensions to Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. I'm finished. And I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm a total hypocrite here, Chris. But, uh, I, uh, you know, it, it happened at some point during that Vikings-Giants game. All the emotions suddenly sunk in. And I'm like, no one talked to me. I'm staring and watching every moment, living and dying.
And I think the playoff sports really bring that out more, right? I think it's hard to elicit that kind of connection during Game 41, Game uh-huh. 42 of the regular season. But, but what you described there with, with you know being connected to a team for good or bad, that's how I am with the Leafs, right? And I know that there's a lot of other people out there who feel similarly. Listen, Austin Matthews might leave in two years. Mitch Marner, he might demand even more money on his next contract. Yep. But I will always be a fan of the Leafs because I grew up and I cheer for the front of the logo, not not the back, right? Yeah, well, of course. It's fun to cheer for the back when it's those guys. At, no, least, no at, at least in the regular season. By the way, I want to give a, uh, give a quick shout-out um, to my buddy. It's called Birds Down Under is the name of the podcast. I know you can find it on... Uh, on, on most places where you where you get uh, where you get po- podcasts, and you can get on Spotify. And I'm going to be going on with him. Uh, I've been on with him a couple times, and it's cool. It's like one of my oldest friends, and he's just decided he's c- going to start a podcast because he loves the Eagles that much. Did you say that he's in Australia? Yes, he is in Australia. It's called Birds Down Under is the name of the podcast. So if you are an Eagles fan, it's not a bad podcast to check out, even if you do not live reside in Australia. Have you ever been down under? I um, I have been to Australia, but I was there when I was like 12, uh, 11 or 12. I was in Australia for about three weeks with my, uh, with my dad, my, my twin brother. And a couple of years ago, I was in New Zealand uh, for like two and a half weeks on the North Island. And it was incredible. I would love to go. Definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. I will say I'm a little off put by the uh, size of some of the bugs and spiders there, though. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm squeamish when it comes to that. In Australia, every bug snake will kill you. They will <laughs> murder you in your sleep. You look at some of those snakes, they'll murder you. Go to New Zealand. It's weird. It's like I think New Zealand has like no animals that will murder you. And in Australia, everyone will murder you. Even even the kangaroos, you know, have nunchucks. I mean, True story. I mean, it is a... Uh, it is a country founded on a, or a continent rather, uh-huh. founded on uh, criminals, right? That's so right. Maybe, maybe killing's not so surprising. Not at all. Um, good to keep that stereotype alive. So I've never done this before. On the other side, we're going to do good dog, bad dog. I have not been here for it. This will be my inaugural um, um, trip. With this segment, we'll look at um, the, the, the underdogs. Who do we like? Who do we not like? And we'll do that next, right here on Gameplay. First up, with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday morning 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. If you ain't first, you're last. Listen to the MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Hear the latest news and the biggest guests in the world of mixed martial arts. Friday night at 7 p.m. on TSN 1050. Champions live here. This is Gameplay. On TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Happy birthday to Nick Foles, one of the patron saints of underdog victories in the NFL. Just go back and look at the Eagles run winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago against Brady and the Patriots. Speaking of underdogs, how's that for a professional segue? It's time now for the segment you know you love, and it's been around for ages, or at least a week. Good dog, bad dog. Good dog. What's a goodie doggy? Oh, bad dog. Bad dog. Uh, one zillion dollars. The question is, who? Let's 
You know what? No one ever did. No one ever came to answer. The question gets asked a thousand times. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Where's the person with an answer? Even a guess. No one even threw out a thought. Your neighbor Steve did. Where are they being let out from as well? I yes. mean, that's another question. The kennel, I would suppose. Where are they now? Maybe we all... <laughs> that is another question that needs to be answered. Where are these dogs now? All right. I know we only got a couple minutes. We got Mike Sando from The Athletic joining us. What do you got there, producer Chris Horvath? Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are plus 370 underdogs at Arrowhead. Doug Pedersen is 5-1 and one straight up as an underdog and 6-0 and oh against the spread. What do you think? Are the Jags decent dogs love this it. week? They're love it. Love it. They're like 8.5 point underdog. Kansas City 7-10 and 10 against the spread. If Jackson, I mean Jacksonville, if they get down early, they're going to be more comfortable in that. I will say this, though. For the Jags to cover, they can't be a fourth-quarter heroic team. they got to be heroic in the first quarter. Kansas City is way too good if you get down 27 points. But I do like Jags plus 8.5. I do think people are getting a little bit cute with this talk of the Jags potentially upsetting covering, the Chiefs. Covering. I yeah, say no, covering. I know you did. I know you did. I'm yeah. just saying, I've heard a narrative from some other people that the Jaguars yeah. are a real threat. No. To, no, that's just not happening. No money line, <laughs> but no money line, but take them to cover. Let's go to your team, yeah. the fraudulent New York Giants. You're damn right. They are going to be facing the Eagles. I believe last time I looked, they are seven and a half point favorites, yep. the Eagles are. What do you think? Do you, Daniel Jones has been playing really well of late. Do you think that there could be a little magic in the making here? Well, Eagles are not very good when it comes to defending quarterbacks that can run the ball. Also, when the Eagles kicked the crap out of the Giants back in like week 14, the Giants' secondary was decimated. They're back and healthy. The big concern with the Giants, horrible horrible play at linebacker but we don't know how healthy Lane Johnson is Jalen Hurts is I like I'm not going to take the Giants on the money line I don't think they're going to win the game Eagles were the most complete team for most of the season but I think the Giants cover that spread so I will take them I'll take the Giants to cover yeah, I'm kind of with you there. You know, you, divisional matchup, one team's hot, one team's maybe got some question marks when it comes to injury. For me, that has all the makings of a close game. Uh, probably the most anticipated matchup this weekend is going to be at Orchard Park, where the Bills host the Bengals. Bengals are plus 198 underdogs. Do you think Cincinnati can pull this off with how banged up their O-line is right now? 100%. 100%. If, you, if there's a game you want to take the upset, you take the Bengals. Everyone talks about, oh, no, the Bengals. Their offensive line is banged up. Buffalo's not a great pass rushing team beyond Greg Russo. Beyond that, it's especially, a bunch of- Especially since Vaughn Miller was injured, it, it's really been bad. Ding, ding, ding. So, yeah, I know we don't have a lot of time here. I, I like I love the love the Bengals uh, against the spread, but uh, take the Bengals' money line as well. If there's going to be an upset, that's what it's going to be. All right, let's get to the final NFL game of the week. The Cowboys lead the league in forced turnovers, and they're hoping to uh, make that happen to Brock Purdy. I know there's this game's kind of polarizing. There's some people that think the... 49ers will blow them out, and then there's other people who think the Cowboys could make this interesting. So what do you think? Are the Cowboys good dogs or bad dogs? Uh, They are bad dogs in this one. I think they keep it interesting for three quarters, but eventually San Fran does to them what they did to Seattle in the second half. This is such a jump up in competition this game versus last week. Tampa, horrible team. Um, This is like we're not in Kansas anymore. Thankfully, they're not in Kansas City. Horrible line by me. Take (laughs) the uh, I'm going to take the 49ers to win and to cover the spread you know uh, nothing you said there is wrong but Ah. i I also kind of look at it like 
Brock Purdy's got to look human eventually, right? Or mm-hmm. is this guy just going to suddenly become one of the greatest stories we've ever heard in sports, you know? Yeah, um, I know. I, I will say, you think about Dallas's pass rush, I mean... It's good. I, they could cause problems for Purdy. I don't know. I kind of think this is going to be closer than most people are leading it to believe. Oh, I, I think it's going to. I think San Fran wins by seven. But tra- you've got the best left tackle in the game, and you've got a coach that can scheme if the pass rush is giving trouble to the offense. On the other side, Mike Sando. Good job by you. Good dog, bad dog. I like it. I believe intern at him. That was uh, a lot of this segment was by him. And uh, coming up next from the Athletic, Mike Sando will join the show. Which team is most in line for rude awakening in terms of step up of the quality of competition? Will it be the Giants, Dallas, or the Jags? We discuss that next. Overdrive, weekday afternoons 4 to 7 on TSN 1050. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. You're going to be wanting to listen to the station all weekend, whether it's Leafs Montreal or NFL playoff games. We have got you covered. Speaking of getting you covered, we are joined now by Mike Sando, excellent NFL writer with The Athletic. Mike, thanks so much for joining the show today. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks. In the last minute, has there been another offensive coordinator fired that we're not aware of? Uh, maybe that's possible. The way that it's going, uh, there's a, there's a long list. What do we have? Thir- do we have 13 offensive coordinator openings? I guess if you count the head coach vacancies, you would have uh, quite a list. Yeah, it, it feels like what a great time to be an NFL head coach because at the very least you got that one gun, uh, you know, that one bullet left in the gun. And and I do wonder, like when you look at teams like Baltimore, uh, how many of this was you know? Do you blame on the coach? How much of it do you just blame oh, yeah. on 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 you know quarterbacks getting hurt? No doubt. So many of the ones that get fired are in situations where it was a bad quarterback situation, either through injury or just the less the way that it was. I mean, do you think Scott Turner in Washington was standing on the table to get Carson Wentz? I mean, I highly doubt that, right? But then he stuck with the head coach who wanted Wentz and then changes from Wentz to Heineke to Sam Howell, however he wants to do it. And then when things don't work out, hey, you know, we need a change. <laughs> so whether or not Scott Turner was doing a great job or any of these guys were doing a great job, usually there's things like that. In Certainly you could, you could question the design of the offense for the Jets and whether they did a good enough job, but let's face it, yeah. uh, Zach Wilson has something to do with that. Having Joe Flacco as a backup, having uh, you know your uh, utter backup get injured uh, and have an injury-prone playing style. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, a lot of guys wouldn't have done great. And I know, and Greg Roman was a genius in the first couple of years of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson gets hurt, and Greg and uh, Greg Roman's no longer a genius. Um, moving on to this this weekend of football, which team do you think is most in line for a rude awakening in terms of the step up of quality of competition? I'll give you three options: Is it the Giants going from the Vikings to the Eagles? The Cowboys going from Tampa to the Forty ers or the Jaguars going from the Chargers to Kansas City? Oh, to me, it's Jaguars all the way. I thought they looked stage fright a little bit against Tennessee in the Week Eighteen play-in game. Uh, that was a little shaky for the state of Tennessee. Now, I cut a little slack in the division games. I think. They're, they're closer. You look at Miami and Buffalo last week, you know, Seattle was leading San Francisco at halftime. Those sorts of things uh, play into it. But I think Jacksonville down 27 nothing to the Chargers as well was a not ready for primetime type of look. 
they were able to come back. The Chargers were a little complicit in that comeback. They couldn't run the ball in the second half. But I think that's clearly the one. I thought it was funny that Trevor Lawrence, you know, who I think everybody rightfully likes, was like, can't be that much louder or worse, you know, in Kansas City than in Jacksonville. Well, mm-hmm. there's a reason people have been talking about Airhead Stadium in a certain way for way longer than Trevor Lawrence has been alive. So we'll see about that. The I, I think the key here is you can't have late-game Trevor Lawrence heroics because by that point, Kansas City is going to be up by too much. I, usually the, the recipe for the upset is the underdog gets out to an early lead and it's the favorite that's got to do the chasing. For this to be a good game, we're going to need Trevor Lawrence to be a hero in the first quarter. Yeah, no doubt. But even then, remember, didn't Deshaun Watson have a 24 nothing lead there against Kansas City? Yes, they, yes, they did. I remember uh, that game that, well. Yeah, and so that's the problem when you're playing against Mahomes is he does give them the ability to come back from being down 17 or whatever, those impossible situations, uh, you know, more than other quarterbacks. So I don't think the Jaguars are ever safe in this game. Uh, extra time to prepare for Kansas City. Uh, with a real great opportunity here. Uh, and you've got to be on your toes in the AFC anyway. Uh, but Kansas City's in a great spot because Buffalo or Cincinnati is going to be eliminated. Yeah. You know, one of the two teams that could beat them, for sure, is going to be eliminated. So while they play Jacksonville at home, I mean, to me, that's a great situation for the Chiefs. Oh, 100%. And then one of Josh Allen or Joe Burrow is going to be eliminated. We'll get to that game in a second. Uh, moving to the Giants-Eagles, how different do you think this game is going to be versus the Week 14 one where the Eagles just blew out the Giants? The Giants were without a lot of their members of their secondary, and Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson were healthier. Um, this is not me thinking that, you know the Giants are going to win, yeah. but I just I feel this game is going to look and feel different than the one that was 48 22. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, as I mentioned a minute ago, some of these games that were division rivalry games ended up being closer than you would think. Baltimore playing with a backup quarterback at Cincinnati really was going to tie the game probably, and they had a 98-yard disaster play returned the other way. Uh, Miami hung in there with Buffalo, Seattle for a half, right, against the 49ers, even though you'd say the talent disparities between the teams was really strongly in favor. So, I look, Philly could come out and roll them. We all know they're a good team. They, they're capable of doing that. We know the Giants are limited in their personnel. They're not great. They've done a great job of coaching it. I think Daniel Jones has got confidence. Um, that is one where I would probably take the points, whatever it is. It's is a seven and a half when I looked at it yesterday. I don't know what it is now. But, yeah, still seven but and a half. Probably seven and a half. I would probably lean towards that. And, hey, if, if the Eagles roll them by more than that, good for them, right? But I just – Division game. I like the the way the fact that the you know the Giants have been so well coached. I think Daniel Jones has confidence now. He's a real athletic quarterback too. It's not just Hurts, you know. So he, he gives you some ability when used properly to 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 you know make the offense go. And so I, I I'm interested in that game. Like last week, I picked the Giants to beat uh, you know to, to to beat the Vikings. Certainly would take any points. Uh, because I thought the the Vikings were vulnerable. I don't know that the Eagles are as vulnerable. <laughs> They've had some injuries, but they're better than the Vikings. So it's going to oh, be a yeah. taller order for the Giants. Oh, yeah. It's I'm a mid- taller order for the Giants, but I kind of like the spot they're in, don't you? Hey, they played this team. They're not going to have the Jacksonville stage fright thing, right? They're going to they're gonna go after it. And maybe they can't hang the whole game, but I, I think they're, the Eagles will get a good 
good run from them. And it's, it's been like six weeks since the Eagles looked like the number one seed in the NFC. From The Athletic, we're joined by Mike Sando. So moving over to Sunday, um, what for you is the bigger concern? Is it uh, the Bengals' offensive line issues or the Josh Allen turnovers? You may only pick one. Which one yeah. do you think could be a bigger yeah. factor on Sunday? Probably the Josh Allen turnovers. I would. I might answer the other way if Von Miller were still healthy. I thought that was a move that really could put the Bills over the top. Unfortunately, you know, you roll the dice with the injury history and the age of Von Miller, and it didn't work out. But I think that's the X factor that really could have put that defense over the top and made them be kind of my favorite uh, in the AFC. Now, I would probably take the Bengals and the points. It was you know five last time I looked and just take my chances because of the volatility of the Bills. Uh, last week, Josh Allen passed the ball 39 times in 39 attempts. The average distance downfield from his, of his pass to the target was over 15 yards. Yeah. And when I, went back, when I went back and looked at that, I think since maybe about 2007, there was 2,300 times a quarterback had thrown the ball at least 39 times in a game. This was number one for Oof. the average pass distance. So... It felt a little like they were buying lottery tickets. And that, as you step up in class against better teams, I think they need a little more consistency play-to-play in their offense. Yeah. Uh, when you play against Cincy. So, you know, that's kind of why I'm a little, a little bit worried. And we saw that in the fourth quarter when they had the lead and just Allen going deep a couple times, both incomplete. I don't know how much of that Josh Allen being hero ball, how much on Ken Dorsey, but you're right, that's going to be a big factor. Uh, Last question, might as well do one for each of them. Are you confident that, um, obviously, uh, Dallas Dallas is a good team, even though I don't think Tampa is, but Dallas did what they were supposed to do. Do you believe that Brock Purdy will be able to make three to four plays that are above average, almost elite-type throws? It, can he make those three or four plays that might be asked of him this weekend? I think it gets a lot harder because of the speed of the Cowboy defense, Micah Parsons. He was able to move nicely in the pocket against Seattle and buy some extra plays in the red zone. I think if he was able to make two or three of those against Seattle, I think it's maybe one, and one goes bad for him against Dallas in this game. So it's really going to be important for that 49er offense to, to protect him, in not just with pass protection, but with, hey, their weapons and be able to, to have the yards after the catch in the run game and have it schemed up. I am very, if I'm Dallas, this is a Dan Quinn game. Dan Quinn, you've done a great job. You have reinvented yourself. You're not running the same old Seattle defense. What do you have in this game to put your defense in position to beat Brock Purdy? And I know it's not just beat Brock Purdy because he's surrounded with amazing scheme and talent. But can we have a couple of things that confuse him? Can our athleticism up front get to him? Can we have him put the ball on the ground? Brock Purdy's been great. He can't be great every week forever, can he? Let's go, Dan Quinn. What do you got? That kind of would be my, I think it's a Dan Quinn game. want to see what he's got. Mike, always appreciate when you take time joining the show. Follow the man on Twitter, at SandoNFL. Read his work in The Athletic. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Coming up on the other side, we continue with the NFL and do a little more of a deep dive into the Bills and Bengals game. That's coming up next. First up with Karolnik and Koliakovo. Weekday morning, 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last. Yeah! 
All right, everyone listening, you got till Friday, February 3rd, for your chance to go to the Waste Management Open. All you got to do is you listen to First Up every weekday for the daily Waste Management keyword. You hear the word, you write it down, then you just listen to Overdrive. At some point in Overdrive, they're going to give you the cue to call. You're going to call us in studio at 416-870-1050. If you're the first caller through, if you have the, the right cue, the right keyword... Then you will win a hundred dollar Golf Town gift card, and you qualify for the grand prize draw. And that grand prize includes four night hotel stay for two, airfare for two. Be odd if we gave you the hotel for two, but uh, only airfare for one. Airfare for two to Scottsdale, Arizona. We're going to give you tickets for the weekend for the Waste Management Open. We're going to give you five hundred dollars Golf Town gift card. We're going to give you another five hundred bucks cash to spend on the trip, and a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town's Studio X. First up with. Nick and Koliakovo, they will be calling our grand prize winner on Friday, February 3rd. Full contest details available at TSN 1050. We're going to have Kevin Scott on in a moment from sportsinformationtraders.com to look at the Bills and the Bengals. But real quick while we got a minute here, um, Austin Matthews, incredible. Just both of those goals oozing with talent last night. The Leafs beat the Jets 4-1. The first one, he five holes Shifley. He five holes Connor Hellebuck. And the thing is, that shot was so good and powerful, I don't even look back at that first goal and blame it on the goalie. That's what Austin Matthews can do. The second goal, great rip, rip shot by him. And I did say rip shot by him, uh, but a, a ton of credit to Michael Bunting and all the work that he did. Bunting actually got a primary assist on both those Matthews goals. And the other thing is Ilya Samsonov. was uh, He's on 12-0-1 with a save percentage of just under 940. Or 9, yeah, I mean, just incredible save percentage for Samsonov. And this game could have turned. In that first period, uh, he was fantastic. What was it, like 16 shots by the Jets in that first period? And you saw Kyle Connor, close slot shot, saved under a minute to go in the second. I thought that one was huge. Leafs are up 3-0, and you keep it a three-goal lead. Same thing in the third, another shot by Kyle Connor. The one goal he allowed, again, Kyle Connor, um, that one felt inevitable. But that was on a 5-on-3, a one-timer on a 5-on-3. Samsonov was great, kept him in it. Outshot 16-6 in the first, 37 saves, a season high for Samsonov. Also, shout out to Mitch Marner, where he was acting like a free safety with that interception in the neutral zone and a one-man rush job as he scored to make it 3 nothing. We go away from hockey. We get back to the NFL from SportsInformationTraders.com. To join us now, we're going to talk Bengals and Bills in a second. It is Kevin Scott. Again, you can call him at 866-441-2711. Uh, first off, Kevin, thank you for joining the show. And that wild card weekend, I think a lot of people are expecting more blowouts, and we didn't get them until, I mean, well, the Monday. We will ignore that. But until late in the Seattle-San Fran game, that was a great weekend of football. Excellent weekend of football. Not only that, everybody that called last week for twenty nine ninety nine, I gave them Jacksonville, which is the third Best comeback in NFL history in the playoffs. <laughs> Got you lucky there, nervous. but a win's a win, right? You must have been nervous when it was 27 nothing. Absolutely. I thought <laughs> the game was over. I turned it off. I'm not going to lie. But a win is a win. And then on Sunday, we came back strong with Baltimore, 
who dominated that game, should have won if it wasn't for that fumble. I do think they would have won that game, but we went 2-0 and for all your listeners, and I'm going to do the same offer. $29.99, you get my best bet on Saturday. If I lose that game, you will get the remaining NFL playoffs for yeah. free. It's simple. 866-441-2711. Call me now or go to my website, sportsinformationtraders.com. By the way, we are good with uh, we are good with underdogs, favorites, or your dog in the background, Kevin. We are fine with each and every one of those. <laughs> you hear my dogs in the background? Yes. What's your dog's name? Cody and Chloe. You know where they're barking? Because Michael Vick is here. <laughs> oh my God, that is such a bad joke. You <laughs> think so? I thought it was uh, funny. That was so low, that was so light, low hanging fruit. Again, sportsinformationtraders.com. Kevin Scott is with us. Um, Buffalo. Is uh, they're five point favorites. Some some places you can find it five and a half, but um, uh, taking on the Bengals. But you're uh, focused on the on the total. That's correct. I have no idea why this total is dropping. It's opened up at fifty. It's now down to forty nine. If you look back at the Cincinnati Bengals, their last five games, they've scored twenty seven, twenty four, twenty two. 34 and 23 points their last five games. That's an average of 26 points. The Bills, on the other hand, 34, 35, 35, 32, and 28. That's an average of 32 points. I think this game is going to fly over the total. Now, if you remember last time they played that Monday, which got canceled. Yeah. Because of that freak accident. That game was 7-3 with about six minutes left in the first quarter with Cincinnati driving, which probably would have put the game over the total. I don't think the weather is going to be a factor here. I like over the total of 48 Buffalo Cincinnati. And also Buffalo could have scored more against Miami if not for all those turnovers. And also it's not like Buffalo's got a crazy pass rush. So I think the Bengals issues on offensive line won't be as big an issue. So uh yeah, absolutely I could see the over. Again, the website is sportsinformationtraders.com and for 29.99, Kevin's going to give you his top play on Saturday. And if it doesn't work out, you get the rest of the NFL playoffs for free. Kevin, that's a damn good deal. It is a great deal. Like I said, folks, sportsinformation.com, 866-441-2711. And another reason why I like this over, because Josh Allen lately, he's been playing reckless. He's just chucking the ball up. He's yeah. not really not really taking his time and doing the dink and the dunks. He's going for the home run every time, which will lead to interceptions. Enjoy your walk with your dogs, my friend. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. That is Kevin Scott, sportsinformationtraders.com. And I mean... I wonder how many people stuck around for that entire Chargers and Jags game. I did because I was I was just hanging out at the cottage, so so why not? But and also I wonder at what point did people realize? Oh wait a minute, the Chargers are going to blow this. And how does Brandon Staley still have a job? That's a lot of questions just to throw out there. Staley, I think, is the one who got the most lucky this weekend, where he's just like, okay, we'll fire the offensive coordinator, but I still get to keep my job. I would have fired Brandon Staley immediately if I was the Chargers. Um. What? What do you mean, um? What do you mean, it um? seems a little bit reactionary to me. And I it's get not just it. this year. Look what they did last year. Look how he screwed up in that loss to the Raiders. I know, but when you look at the body of work, he's been pretty good, right? You look at the second right. half of this regular season, like the Chargers were one of the best teams in the NFL, particularly on defense. Um, now, I'm gonna, I've laid a trap here. <laughs> I want you to tell me all... It's a yes, it is, Admiral Akbar. it is. And guess what? 
Producer Horvat over here is unaware that the uh, the shield on the Death Star, it is up and running, my friend. Name all the teams with a winning record that the Los Angeles Chargers... Um, how many teams did they beat this year that had a winning record? I'll wait. Do, 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 I'm going to say do, do, four? Do, do, do. One. Four. The wow. Miami Dolphins. That's it. Wow. I'm sorry. I am not impressed with the Chargers. I am not impressed. You should be doing a lot more winning uh, uh, than you've got from uh, having Herbert and sign all those guys on defense. One, my friend. And then last year against the Raiders, how they blew that game. I would fi- I would have fired Staley yesterday. I would have given whatever money that Sean Payton would have wanted, and that's what I would have done if I was in charge. Well, I mean, we saw what happened. I mean, you can't get around it. It, it, It's a collapse unlike anything we've ever seen before. But I think you have to be careful if you're management, right? You have to sort of keep the long-term vision in mind. And they clearly believe in Staley. The locker room clearly believes in Staley, despite uh, the damning evidence that you present. Thank you very much. Um, On the other side, Josh Ingles is going to join us. Betting analyst with Covers.com. We'll look at some prop bets. And is it time to start putting all the money on the Matthews goal bets. That's coming up next, right here on Gameplay. First up, with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday morning 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last. This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.